0: This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM.
1: Tesla has been an interesting piece to the auto industry the last few years. The high-priced Model S has had its bumps in the road, pun intended, especially blocks in some states having sales actually happen. They also don't have physical locations for sales or repairs. Model S vehicles were sold to some who could afford it, but for myself and probably many others, you wondered what was next in line. Well, we know that Elon Musk's automaker has now the lower-priced Model 3, which is expected to be on the road sometime later next year. Price tags start around $35,000. Reports say that they already have orders of 250,000 Model 3 vehicles to this point which seems like pretty good news for that company. To take a look at this a little deeper, we welcome in Wharton's John Paul McDuffie, professor of management, and we also welcome in Wesley Hartman, who is a professor of management at Stanford University. John Paul, it's always great to catch up with you. Wesley, great to have you on the show for the first time.
0: Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, Let's start with the the, the numbers reported uh, by Elon Musk. He tweeted them out over the weekend, around 250,000. Wesley, what was your first reaction when you heard that?
0: Uh, Obviously a very big number and uh, signaling a pretty big uh, demand queue as people have been waiting for a vehicle like this to arrive into the market.
2: John Paul? Yeah, I think it surprised everybody, uh, including Elon Musk, from what he said. Uh, they've gone up since then. I think it's approaching 300000 Is
1: it, though, and I guess in some respects, I guess we shouldn't surprise you, from what I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, that realistically, the people that are ordering this vehicle, all they had to do to to get this started was put $1,000 down. And for most people, even middle-income families, if you wanted to get into that market, a thousand dollars is not the worst thing in the world that you have to put down, knowing that you still have probably a year, maybe a year and a half, uh, to be able to, to to get the rest of the financing on this. Correct?
2: Yes, I mean you're right. It's not a order commitment. It's a refundable deposit, um, but it's a, kind of a, an extraordinary interest free loan, you might say, then to Tesla during this period for the. Uh, to get in the queue and to have the bragging rights of uh, maybe being early to get a hot product, Wesley. Uh, that, think I, I think I think I agree with there with uh,
0: Professor McDuffie.
1: And uh, there's also Wesley the fact that uh, at least the first section of of people, I, I think it was, the number I saw was about 150 thousand of them will be will be able to get the tax credit as well.
0: Um, I'm not positive on the policies on the tax credit. My expertise is more in marketing. Maybe Professor McDuffie can talk to that. Um, I know that uh, there are some limits as far as how far the tax credit goes, and some of the tax credits in California, where I'm located, have already been pulled back um, for certain income brackets.
1: John Paul?
2: Yeah. If I understand it right, the federal tax credit is scales back once a company has sold 200,000 okay. electric vehicles, and Tesla lifetime is at about 110,000 now. Okay. I don't think it goes away completely, but it begins to be scaled back. So if I'm right, about 90, 000, the next 90,000 okay. Tesla buyers of any model would get the full tax credit, which I think is 7500 and then it might scale back, and it will disappear at some point.
1: So it's not specifically on each individual vehicle or each new type of vehicle that they're doing. It's the overall number.
2: I believe so, and it's, it's meant to, um, you know, prevent the... The big companies that have introduced electric vehicles from scooping up, uh, you know, all the rebate money. Yep. It's it is actually to encourage startups like Tesla.
1: Wesley, in terms of bringing this model to the market, I think we all expected that that Tesla was going to have to do it. You know, especially with the high price point on on the uh, on the first two models that they brought forward, uh, they seemingly have. Maybe hit on something here for people that obviously couldn't afford the $70,000 vehicle, but were interested in being in the electric car market yet didn't want to have some of the other models that are out there that may be seen almost as a little bit low end.
0: Uh, you're, you're saying the other models outside of Tesla's? Yes, uh, Correct. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, one way to look at this is this is roughly half the price of the existing Model S, which is out there. And I think most people expect that they're probably not going to get half the car. They're going to get a lot more than that and something, you know, somewhere in between. And so that seems like to offer a lot of value. The other electric vehicles which are available, which are also getting a lot of press, is, say, the the Chevy Bolt. Um, But when you look at the price point and the attractiveness, and if you watch some videos online in terms of the evaluations – there seems to be a clear difference in, in what Tesla may be offering in a relatively similar, similar price point.
1: But realistically, what Tesla is offering in this model, at least in the pictures we've seen, and what they've had in, in their prior models, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of difference. There obviously will be, but you know it, it's not something that is truly visible. I mean, this new model, the Model 3, seemingly is fairly attractive. I think a lot of people potentially would jump on board.
0: I definitely agree with you. I think in in some ways it's it's a more attractive and it's a judgment factor than than the Model S in, in some ways, and I think it's just a question of once this thing comes to market, which features is it going to have which are comparable to the Model S, and it's likely I imagine from a cost standpoint going to have to you know be be short on a few of those, but the essentials that people care about the fast acceleration, um, and the uh, the mileage they can get on all electric
2: seem to be there, and that's what m- most people are looking for. John Paul, yeah, I mean it's it's part of the fascination with the tesla story most automakers historically have started with inexpensive vehicles and as they've established you know reputation and manufacturing capability supply chain dealers etc they've moved uh, up market and sometimes by establishing new brands like lexus for example tesla did it exactly the opposite way they established themselves at the luxury end and uh, obviously they'll benefit from the way in which that luxury brand cachet will rub off on the Model Three, you know, I, I think the big question everybody's wondering about is: can they can they really scale it up? What will the vehicle look like when it hits the market at mm-hmm. that price point? Will the price point stay or sort of uh, edge up? How much delay will people face? Um, you know, for Te- Tesla's been a niche, uh, low volume producer, and this would put them much more into the mass market, mass production range, and they haven't done that before. But they've learned to do other stuff that they didn't know how to do, and uh, so it would be risky to bet against them, I think. Do they
1: also have to, in the process of getting more into the mass market, John Paul, they also have to improve the abilities of people to be able to you know, get their cars checked out when they need to. I mean, certainly, you know, we talked w- with you on this show about how there was such a, a negative feel between, between Tesla and-, and a good section of the auto industry because of how they were marketing the Model S and the Model X back in the day.
2: Well, yeah, so they're trying to completely avoid setting up traditional dealer franchises, and uh... the dealers are very well organized politically there are strong franchise laws in every single state each state has a slightly different version Tesla's had to do a state-by-state battle they've won a few but they've lost a few and um... so that's another piece of the challenge here you know nobody loves the experience of buying a new car from a dealer but dealers do traditionally also uh sell used cars, do servicing, um, provide parts and uh and of course financing and things like that. Tesla so far has had to outsource um repair and maintenance. They've had to outsource uh the selling of used cars and of course they're a new company so there haven't been a lot of a lot of those. Uh but again as they grow uh they'll face some of those same requirements the other thing dealers do is they uh, invest a lot of money in uh, the inventory and so they absorb some of the risk of whether car models will sell to the extent that you know every everyone was predicting and uh, so one interesting speculation i've seen is tesla's fighting hard against the franchise dealer model now but once they, once and if they get really big, they may find themselves yearning for some of the things that the franchise dealer model provides.
1: Wesley?
2: I, I
0: think I agree with that. Um, at, at some point, they may decide to go down that route. I think what's what's fascinating is that at this part it doesn't seem like there's an obvious reason we should be pushing back or the government should be pushing back against their model to bring these vehicles out. They're obviously successfully bringing uh, cars into people's hands, et cetera. Um, that could change, but I think you, know, you count on a company to recognize and respond to those challenges when they, when they arise, and that may happen later.
1: Even, even with the reported numbers, the 250,000, uh, Wesley, is Tesla still a bit of a gamble to buy into at this point?
0: Buy into from a stock perspective or buy into in, in terms of buying a
1: vehicle? Con, from a consumer perspective.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's always a question when new, when new products come to the market, are they going to live up to the expectations? Um, I think if you look at their record with the, with the Model S, um, the people who've actually adopted those Model Ss are incredibly happy with them, um, despite maybe some recent reports that um, uh, that maybe they're a little more frequently coming back to the dealer to get things checked out, which are things you expect on a new vehicle. They've had a different experience with the, with the Model X, I think, in terms of bringing those things out. Um, I haven't heard a lot yet about customer sentiment, but there's certainly been some challenges in, in making a successful vehicle there. Um, and bring it to market. And that might be something in the back of people's minds when they're thinking about uh, buying a Model 3. But I, I think if you compare what they're trying to do with the Model 3 versus the Model X, Tesla's admittedly said that they they really overreached in terms of designing that Model X with the fascinating features like these Falcon Doors. Yeah. And specifically what they're trying to do with the Model 3 is create a simpler vehicle um, to reach that mass market. And so I would say they should be able to deliver on that um, at, a, at a quality or expectation maybe more comparable to the Model S. I'd say that the one question mark is whether doing that at scale is going to, you know, potentially hinder some of that quality and customer satisfaction they were able to achieve
2: with the with the Model S. John
1: Paul, where are you on that?
2: Um, yeah. Well, I think you know they yes they have been designing luxury vehicles and with Model X, the most recent the SUV, instead of moving it to a price point between, let's say, the Model S and the Model 3, in other words, trying to see if they could start their engineering moving towards lower price points. Uh, They actually took it higher. I think it came in at a higher price point than they had predicted, and it was partly because they got entranced with uh, a lot of fancy design features, and Elon Musk has been saying it was hubris. It was our hubris to do that. Um, I mean, that suggests a willingness to learn um, from mistakes, in a way designing a lower cost car is a big design and engineering challenge and if you uh, put your head around it the right way and get the right kinds of capabilities uh you know i would say it's it's probably within reach the the question is you know some of these scaling questions are are things that we wonder about any successful startup that's been at small scale um, because there are a lot of challenges i'll just add that tesla has been also notable for being quite vertically integrated. I mean, yep. uh, they, they like to make a lot of their own parts because they weren't always happy with what they could get and they wanted it to fit in their design. Um, I think that will be much harder for them to do at scale, although with the batteries, of course, they're doing the, the gigafactory. Yep. so That's another thing I'm going to watch with some interest because managing an outsourced supply chain, uh, while very, very common in the auto industry, would be new for them and introduce a whole set of other coordination complexities.
1: Wesley, you did mention quickly the, the, the stock price, uh, which obviously is another interesting piece to this because the stock price went up about $25 a share in the last three days. So seemingly there are a lot of investors and a lot of people on Wall Street that think that, that this is going to be a potentially pretty good car.
0: Yeah, I think, I think the, the explanation for that is, is the, um, that the fact that they exceeded expectations with this Model 3. Um, Tesla themselves admitted that they did a lot, they made a lot more of these pre, pre-orders than they expected, and, and so that's naturally going to drive the stock price up. Um, if you look at the stock price over the last year or so, this, this thing has been on a roller coaster, and I think that's indicative of a market that people are very uncertain what the future looks like, and um, beliefs kind of tend to swing to one side or the other as whether Tesla's going to make it or not. Um, and I think you know what we see from this latest signal is that at least you know a lot of people out there, potential car buyers, have the belief that Tesla is going to be able to deliver on this. Or if they do, they uh, you know as as John Paul said earlier, they want to be um, towards the front of the line and being able to take advantage of that.
1: Well, I guess John Paul, wait, wait, speaking uh, for a second about the the Gigafactory, um, with the potential that they're saying of 500,000 cars a year, seemingly they would be able to handle this initial run uh, of the Model 3, correct?
2: Uh, yes, so I mean, from a capacity planning point of view, you could say they've they've done a good job they uh They got at really fire sale prices the old um g m toyota joint venture Numi plant in Fremont, California, right after the financial crisis um g m pulled out of the joint venture because of bankruptcy and toyota uh didn't want to keep running it because of their own pressures during the financial crisis and so uh, Tesla has, therefore, control of a factory that was making half a million vehicles uh, at the point that it closed in 2010, um, and the Gigafactory, which is still being built, yep. is scaled for um, half a million vehicles, which is that 2020 prediction that Elon Musk has been making. So, oh, yeah. so in, in terms of lining up the facilities to handle that scale, um, they've done it. Now they just have to do the rest of it.
1: How important, Wesley, though, it is being able to now deliver these vehicles on time? Uh, the, the early estimate is, is late 2017 at this point. Uh, with so many vehicles really ready to be bought by consumers, the last thing that Tesla wants to have happen right now is any kind of delays.
0: Yeah, I I think that's right. They'd like to be able to prove that they can – meet those expectations they put out there but that said i think tesla both with the model s and especially with the model x has a has a reputation for kind of making claims on when these things are going to be out to the market and 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 falling pretty far behind on them and if you watch the the unveiling elon Musk hinted at that and said this time i think we're really going to get there um, but in that is still some, some notion of uncertainty. And if you have to say where consumer expectations, there probably is some probability that that might get delayed a little bit further down the line. And the opt-out on those reservations might lead to maybe some people not being able to wait long enough to get those vehicles and, and moving into something else. Um, I think, ideally, from Tesla's standpoint, that's going to be a, a Model S, and and you might have seen some of that in terms of people moving out of the Model X, but it could also bleed into some of the other products which are which are out there.
1: But the fact that, that I, and from what I read, even before Elon Musk, uh, you know, that before they, they started showing off the the, the prototypes on, on this Model 3, uh, they had more than 100,000 people signed up for this vehicle. So th- that... F- Perspective alone, 100,000 people basically buying in before this car was really even ready to be shown off. What's that tell you? I,
0: to me, it, it, it speaks to what Tesla's been able to communicate to the market in terms of products they could de- develop and and how much people would want those. Um, it's a little bit similar to maybe when you used to think of people lining up to get the latest iPhone that was coming out. Yeah. Apple's a company which similarly has built a reputation in the past of delivering fantastic products that people are you know, willing to jump on board or read the news about before these things necessarily are fully flushed out. Um, and I think Tesla has kind of captured that at, at this point, where this market is potentially fundamentally changing now, where we might see large uh, spread adoption of uh, electric vehicles. John Paul?
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, um, I think Elon Musk gets a lot of the credit also for you know, helping build a buzz around Tesla, and he does it periodically with announcements. He does it with his multifaceted roles, including being you know CEO of SpaceX and one of the uh, you know early investors in solar city. and uh, he is this larger than life character, uh, which makes you think of uh, in computers someone like Steve Jobs. but in the early auto industry history, someone like, Henry Ford, right, who, who partly just through the charisma and the boldness of their vision um, have an influence on people. So uh, that's, that's been huge. The question with delay, which I bet there will certainly be because they've never met one of their uh, promised delivery targets before, mm-hmm. um, how much will it hurt them? Uh, some people may drop off the list, as Rissa as said, but then other people may join on. People who drop off the list may upsell to another Tesla um, at what point would delay hurt Tesla's reputation? Um, we can imagine at some point it would, but it might have to really be a disastrous um, failure as opposed to just a slow, a slow rollout. You know, The other question is, um, if this is a sign that the electric vehicle market is, is going to start to take off, What will competitors be offering? What if competitor products are available earlier? What if competitor products look pretty good, are well-priced? And that could, of course, undermine a bit, too. But if it's a growing market, there should be room for everybody.
1: Well, I guess the other interesting thing is that in in terms of uh, the other vehicles that have been out there, for the most part, John Paul, they've all been basically compacts right? Compact-sized vehicles. So, you know, for what Tesla is bringing to the model, uh, to the market, this is something that, that is quite a bit different.
2: Uh, yes. Well, it's it's true that for reasons of, uh, you know, the battery technology, the limits of battery range, uh, the extra weight associated with batteries, and the general positioning of electric vehicles as, as green and uh, kind of environmentally responsible and cutting down on fuel costs, all that has pushed the market towards the the small car end, but there is a there's a repositioning that's happening for electric vehicles from a lot of different um, angles, and Tesla is certainly part of it, but not the only part of it. Electric vehicles increasingly are being seen not necessarily as green or a way to save on fuel costs, but as um, incredibly powerful with amazing acceleration, uh, fun to drive. Yep. And, um, you know, Formula One now has an E F1 set of races, which are entirely electric vehicles, and even the regular Formula One cars are all hybrids, so they all combine electric, which gives fantastic acceleration without, you know, torque steer problems. Um, with a traditional engine. so And they're doing that a little bit for green reasons, but also just because the performance is so great. So, you know, this is a, and people have talked about the Prius commercial during the Super Bowl, which was all about these uh, these folks escaping the police in their Prius and how amazing that was, because people think of it as this sort of pokey green car. So I, I think that'll really help launch this market if that catches on.
1: We're talking with John Paul McDuffie, of the Wharton School, Wesley Hartman of Stanford University. We're talking about the Tesla Model 3, which is uh, supposed to be out on the roads late next year. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Get your opinions. Uh, maybe you are somebody that has already put a down uh, deposit down on one of these vehicles, or maybe you're thinking about it. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Do you think wesley that that this ends up being the car that really gets tesla rolling at this point uh i think this is
0: the this is the make or break as to whether a this electric vehicle market is going to take off and b whether tesla is going to be a a critical part of it um as opposed to a niche player who's just kind of sitting on top and in in its own little segment there Uh, so yeah i think i think everything's loaded in 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 this vehicle for them um, but I think you know more importantly it 's about changing the perception of electric vehicles more broadly, and I think exactly what John Paul was saying is is true if you were If you were to think that what 's going to sell electric vehicles is the environmental concerns there 's a clear block to driving that out to the to the wider economy because You know, depending on your political leaning, you know, people may care a lot about that here in San Francisco, but there's a lot of parts of the country where people could care less about it. And I think what Tesla's been able to do with the Model S and what people expect out of the Model 3 is really address these other needs, these these kind of needs that have been around for decades in the automobile, needs for speed, needs for safety, um, and, uh, and for economy in terms of, uh, in terms of mile, how much you have to pay to, to, to drive a mile along the way. And so I think Tesla's kind of changed those perceptions and allowed this, this market to, to really take off. And, and then I think it's, you know, it's theirs for the taking if they can deliver on that um, in terms of getting a, a strong foothold in what that future electric vehicle market might look like. John Paul?
2: Yeah, you know, the, with gas prices so low recently, um, that's encouraged a lot of overall pessimism about electric vehicles. And um, you know, Elon Musk has been saying for a while, well, if our sales are going up and gas prices are this low, it shows that that's not really the primary factor for consumer purchases. Well, of course, people buying a, a seventy to one hundred and ten thousand car aren't primarily worried about their their you know what they pay out at the gas pump. The Model Three people would be much more, but you know there, there's been this chicken and egg problem with electric vehicles also. Um, so so that's the first thing. If if the demand exists even when gas prices are low, it's part of that repositioning away from just an environmental kind of pitch. Um, the chicken and egg problem is with charging infrastructure. Uh, uh, Tesla has again in a, uh, what looks now like a pretty smart strategic move provides unique superchargers to Tesla owners. Um, they can only be used by Tesla owners. The interface is unique, and it is a faster charger than you could get anywhere else. Um, at scale, Tesla is going to have a hard time providing all that infrastructure themselves if the Model 3 sells at that level. But if the market is looking promising, then you may get the public and private infrastructure investments yeah. to get those charging stations out there. And, I mean, Carlos Ghosn, for a long time, of uh, CEO of Nissan and Renault, has been saying, uh, until the charging infrastructure is better developed, we're going to see a ceiling on electric vehicle sales. It's quite telling that go- Carlos Ghosn has been saying, we welcome uh, how well the Model 3 uh, you know, uh, sign-up has gone because it suggests that there's a growing and uh, enthusiastic market for these vehicles.
0: For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.